everybody listening at home. Uh, this is the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is Connor, and I'm here with Pastor Mike. Hi, Pastor Mike. Hello, Connor. And hello to everybody at home. We are uh, thankful to be with you. And today, we want to speak to the question of the day, the question that everybody's asking, which is, what is re-engaging going to look like? Uh, things are turning in our state. It seems that in a matter of, of weeks, is that right? Is that right, Mike? In a matter of weeks, at least, we'll we'll likely be back together. We're gonna say days. I'm gonna even say days. days. Okay, so it's, it's down because to days, days now weeks do include days. So, <laughs> so see, this is more of a so this know, is no promises, generality. But day, in a matter of days, we'll be back together as a church. And so the question that I wanted to put to you today is: We're coming back together as a church, and there's people on a huge spectrum with opinions on any extreme on that spectrum. Mm-hmm. Some leaning more towards a conservative approach. Some leaning more towards well, I guess we could call that the opposite of the conservative idea. And just want to ask you, as we're considering coming back together, how can I, how can I as an individual believer help the church by prioritizing church unity over my personal uh, opinions? Um, right. If you could speak to that, I think that'd be helpful for all of us. Well, first of all, the idea of prioritizing uh, church unity over uh, personal opinions is absolutely biblical. And so I'm glad that we're here today on this. And so the priority is the Word of God, right? And so we're going to go straight to the Word of God. And I'm going to go to a very well-known passage of Scripture that is often just read really quickly, but we don't stop to look at the words. And I want to point out one particular word in the verse I'm going to share, okay? Okay. What I'll do is, is look at that verse with us, and then we'll kind of get real precise and practical in our application. Okay on how do we you know, prioritize church unity over personal opinions. But I, I do believe it's going to be driven right out of this verse. Awesome. Okay, so we're in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3. Okay, So let me ver- read verses 1 and 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, and by the way, what Paul is getting to there is because since there is encouragement in Christ, since there is comfort in his love, since there is participation in the Spirit, okay? Since there is affection and sympathy in Christ. Verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind. Now we're talking about opinions. We all do not have the same ideas or opinions, okay? The Bible talks about opinions. It's your mind, your own mind, okay? I was reading uh, yesterday... I forget what I was reading. I was in the Old Testament. Oh, my goodness. I was in Job. Excuse me. I was in Job. I just finished Job this morning. So yesterday I was in Job, the latter chapters of Job, and the word opinions kept cropping up. And I looked at it, and I'm like, it just means what you think, right? What you really think, okay? So, yeah, everyone's got them. This is not something you stuff away and, like, put your opinions in the car and then come into church. No, you come in with who you are and what you think, right? This is normal life. Mm-hmm. But it says here, be of the same mind. What that means is be unified, okay? So we're talking about uh, prioritizing church unity over personal opinions. Having the same love, being a full accord and of one mind. Then you get to verse 3. And here's our verse. Okay. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. If that isn't the verse of all verses, okay? This is the verse that every Christian should lock tight in their heart and let it drive their every action and interaction. Here's what I want us to look at, though. Where you see that word rivalry or conceit, you see that? The idea is selfishness, okay? Um, uh, Rivalry. Mm -hmm. Selfishness, Mm -hmm. conceit is this 
empty praise, vain glory, I'm better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I want us to look at that word rivalry, okay? It's, it's the word that is translated selfishness or selfish ambition. Yeah. Okay, a lot of yeah. listeners, a lot of you know it as selfish ambition, okay? Yeah. ESV says rivalry, okay. okay? So don't do anything that says do nothing. So don't do anything out of rivalry or selfish ambition. Where did that word come from, okay? It's related to a noun that originally came from a word that meant to be a day laborer. You're like, okay, a day laborer. Someone who just works like in the fields for one day's wage, one day at a time. Okay, you're not getting a salary. You're just going for one day and just working and then hopefully you'll get hired the next day. So it's about those who are cutting and binding wheat in the fields. Mm-hmm. Okay, or those who were spinning or weaving. So it's we're talking like hard manual labor type of stuff. Okay, what it came to mean is the attitude of those who worked just for the wage. Hmm. Okay, so you're working just for the wage. You're not working to worship God. You're not working to uh, worship God. You're working for the wage. Like I am gonna do this for the almighty dollar. Okay, that's kind of the idea. And specifically, it's a self-seeking pursuit um, of a higher place using unfair advantages. Like uh, it was used in politics in those days of of, uh, self-seeking pursuit of political office by unfair advantage, taking unfair advantage of someone. Then it became party squabbles. Okay, so now you go from day laborer who just wants the wage to a politician who says, I'm going to get my way. I'm going to get into my office, get into office a certain way. Now it's party squabbles, okay? Uh, Jockeying for position and just going for place and and power over people. So then it came to mean what we know it as, selfish ambition, uh, rivalry. So it's this idea. Here's what it is. It's the ambition that has no concept for unity. Hmm. It has no concept for service. It has no concept of, um, I'm going to help you. It's only, I'm going to profit from you and I'm going to have power over you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now you bring this back into, um, the prioritizing church unity over your personal opinions. I think at least for me, man, it, it just locks me tight in that. And I go, Oh my goodness. Am I thinking only of myself and what I want and my position and my power? And I want to get my way, even in a little thing, if I want to get my way, so when you come back now, let's get really uh, you know, precise. Yeah. Uh, we come back into our local assemblies, and they may say, we're going to ask you for the good of the group to wear a face mask. Well, look, I'm preaching, so I'm like, sorry, I'm exempt, right? <laughs> but everybody else has to wear a face mask. And then what if they say you, you can't sing? It's not appropriate to be singing right now. Wait a minute. So we're preaching and singing when we come to in the gathered church. We're praying, preaching, and singing. And, and fellowshipping, and, and we can't do these things. You have to be six feet apart. Mm-hmm. My first inclination is going to be to want to rebel against that and say, you know, you can't take that away from me. Now, what causes me to think differently in that moment? I think, wait a minute. I want to prioritize church unity over my personal opinions. So I've got my personal opinion, and I could go around to a bunch of people and gather them into my little coalition mm-hmm. to go along with me and then, then march over to the elders and tell them we must do this or just impose our opinion on a bunch of people and say, well, if you don't feel comfortable, you can leave. Or we can say there are people in our body that are, have a more sensitive conscience on this and that I might need to lean closer to them mm-hmm. and ask God to make 
give me a more sensitive conscience. Maybe I'm the weaker brother. Maybe I'm the one that that is having the problem. So I think it's it, what it is, it's, it's reevaluating why am I doing what I'm doing. Motive, Connor, plays big into this. And I know I'm talking a lot right now. I just would say no, selfishness, going. selfish ambition. It says don't do anything from that. Cut that off. Build a wall. Build a dam. Do whatever you can. Eradicate that. Take that out and put it in the trash. Okay? Let it be taken away. Uh, don't do anything from selfishness or selfish ambition. Don't be the person that says, I'm doing this for what I can get out mm-hmm. of it. Do it for how can I serve? What can I do to serve God and serve my fellow believers and my fellow man to the glory of God? Yeah, absolutely. That's the motive. Well, I, th- I think that's super helpful. I think you've hit on a lot of the main things. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, we are looking You're forward welcome greatly to being back together and so super excited about that and uh listeners we will talk to you next time hopefully see you soon have a good day